shake my hand I carry you to freedom, baby, we can make a plan If they fail, then we don't need them And these roads are never easy, put my city on the map For those who couldn't feel me, know my city got my back Like, you can take my hand I carry you to freedom, baby, we can make a plan if What is going on? <laughs> 48 <laughs> Sorry, I was reading something that thing clicked What's going on, everybody? We're back at it again, Shot Coach Crew <laughs> That's what happened. I was reading something on the free agent thing, and then that, that hit me. Hope everybody's doing well. Shot callers back in the building uh, with my man, Timmy Diesel. What's going on, my brother? I've never been called that before. So, like, <laughs> are, we, are we talking like Kevin Nash Diesel, like Big Daddy Cool? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. There you it. go. Super uh, shiny. Am I? <laughs> there you go. And my man, my brother, my ace buku, my boy, Joshua Odellis, Pharrellis, Montellis, Overzealous, Hayes, rocking my Oladipo jersey. You know Hello. what? What's going on, my brother? How you doing? I, I decided that um, I'm going to start trying to show you all love every time I get it. And, uh, you know, as my son's getting a little older, his clothes are getting a little bigger. <laughs> I went in there. I was like, oh, we're doing a pod. Let me see what I can go with. And I was like, man, let me show my let me show my fam some love and put on this Indiana Pacers jersey real quick and show there them what all started at. Yes, sir. You already know. You already know. So last night uh, was the draft. Um it, it was it's a little bit different you know we're in this uh coronavirus covid-19 era so uh you know the hype and the buzz of the crowd um you know the feeling of those guys being able to walk on stage you know shake commissioner silver's hand all that stuff was a little bit different however of course for those young men it's super exciting because you're going to a team an nba team you've reached your goals and your dreams um, and, and, you know, all these guys are super excited about their cities they're going to be playing in as NBA professionals. Um, if, if you uh, listen to uh, Tim and Taylor, they did their mock drafts. Uh, Tim was explaining <laughs> his mock draft was, was what did you say, seven out of 60? Seven out of 60, but apparently that's pretty good in some spots. I, I'm telling you, listen. That people don't understand or realize how difficult it is to. I mean, yeah, because everybody can pick the top three. Oh, yeah, you're yeah. good or top four. But when you're getting into, you know, after the lottery, late, you know, uh, late first round, second round picks, like, you know, you you really don't know where teams are going to fall. You know their needs. You definitely know their needs and who's out there and all that stuff. But being able to predict those things is, is very difficult. Um, but just the insight that you and Taylor Ray were to give uh, uh, with that. I mean, if, if you guys haven't had a chance to listen, I mean, those guys do a great job of breaking all that stuff down. Taylor is a college basketball head. Uh, Tim is, is awesome with, of, of course, with, with the, uh, with the scouting and, and his insight and all the things that that's going on. I mean, he, he hit the, he hit the proverbial nail on the head on giving us a lead up to that. Um, so Tim, my my questions to you are: Who was your big winners and who was your big losers of the draft? Mm, so I can say with pride, as you can tell by my sweatshirt, that the biggest losers <laughs> were the Boston Celtics. <laughs> All right, let's start here. So Aaron Nesmith, I don't necessarily think it's a terrible pick, but I think they could have done better. Um, okay. If they wanted to get a shooter, you know, there were plenty of guys there available. Sadiq Bay was available at that point. Who ended up going to Detroit? Um, you know, they could have gone gone the point guard of Teo Maladon. So in that circumstance, well, not Teo. That guy was, that's way too early. Um, but there were definitely guys out there that could have filled that role. Um, you know, and obviously the talk was like they wanted to trade up. They wanted to take their three first rounders and trade up and get Oyako and Kungwu, and that didn't go through. So that's where they, you know, they had that loss. Um, I just thought there was better guys for what they wanted, where they took Aaron D. Smith at fourteen. And then at 26, they take Peyton Pritchard from Oregon, which is like, I mean, I like Peyton Pritchard. Like, he, he's a bucket, but, like, I'm not taking him at 26. And then they have 30, and they sell it to back. They trade it to Memphis. Memphis, who goes into the night with, mind you, one pick at pick 40, goes mm -hmm. into the draft. They, they get that pick. They take Desmond Bain from TCU. 
And the second round they get Xavier Tillman. And like they had the other pick they had it slipped my mind at the moment. Let me pull up my research real quick. Um, forgive me, people listening home. Oh, no, Robert Woodard. Good, no, Robert Woodard went to the Kings. Sorry. Too many trades. Um there were a lot of trades. Yeah, so regardless, like the Grizzlies killed it and at the expense of the Celtics, which makes me happy. Um but, <laughs> you know, so that was kind of nuts. Um some other teams that really highlight that I really like their draft. Um, obviously, the Knicks getting Obi Toppin was huge, but also getting Emmanuel quickly at 25 and that pick from Oklahoma City was was awesome. A great, great situation for them. Um, you know, we were talking a little bit before we came on air, Ben, that this Knicks team is probably not going to be good by any means, but right. they're going to be athletic and they're going to be fun. Like going to the Garden is going to be an event again. It's not just going to be like we have a chance to go to the Garden. It's going to be like we're going to see the Knicks. And I think that's going to be nice. And I'll tell you, a team I really, really liked their draft was the Detroit Pistons. Now, um, the Bulls, I really wanted to get Killian Hayes. I'm totally fine with them taking Patrick Williams. So Killian Hayes drops a seven to Detroit, they get him. Uh, they get Isaiah Stewart at 16 in that trade with Houston. And then they get Sadiq Bay at 19. And I know that kind of, they, they trade a lot of dudes, like Luke Kennard got traded. Uh, a few second rounders got moved. But I really liked the Pistons did with this draft. So... I think those teams really did a good job. And then the Kings, I mean, getting Tyrese Halliburton at 12, like it's hard yes. to, it's hard to yeah. find a really like a better value than that. The only other values I think that match that were uh, Precious Achua at 20 going to Miami, I think is a huge get for them because that pick and roll is going to be so nice with those young yeah. guards. And then um, Tyrese Maxey going to Philly is just a steal upon steals. I think that that's the perfect spot for him. That's when I knew I was onto something because that was like the last <laughs> thing I got right. Tyrese Maxey to Philly in 20. I was like, maybe I'm better at this than I think I am. But, um, you know, everyone was kind of criticizing this draft because there wasn't like the big sexy guy at the top. There wasn't a Zion Williams. Yeah. There wasn't a Cade Cunningham. Um, there wasn't a Monty Bates. But, you know, this was the draft about finding depth, finding role players. So, like, a situation like James Wise and no, he's not going to go out there and probably be a superstar, but he fills the perfect role Golden State needs him to fill. So, I liked it. I thought it was a good draft. It just wasn't insane like everyone was hoping. There wasn't 14 trades or anything out of the blue or like that just kind of, like, shocked people. Um, but I think the value of the second round in this draft is really good. I think a lot yeah. of teams got really good role players in the second round, especially Nico Mannion going to Golden State. Like that's that's money. That's a great pick. Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, I think that um, I, I and I feel kind of feel like you feel like in that in that first round, especially the lottery picks. I felt like everybody kind of fell where they needed to fall. I didn't I didn't feel like a team like overreached. I don't feel like team underreach i feel like this draft was full of guys that were going to fit a specific roles will they be superstars i i don't know I, I don't know if they have i mean outside of uh i i think lamello ball uh if he goes in and plays a role uh, a facilitator um and score and does and does some of the things that he does well i think he can have uh do a, a good job there down in um charlotte uh, Wiseman, we talked about before we got on here. I think he is going to be uh, the perfect fit for what Golden State needs. Um, somebody that can protect the rim, somebody that can run the floor. It gets Draymond out of playing some of that five where he can go do more things and be more effective. Um, but once again, we go back to, and we're going to talk about this later, uh, the Clay Thompson injury just kind of just kind of killed the vibe uh, for that. But um, I do think that in the long run, the Wiseman pick will will play pay dividends, um, and I even like the Edwards pick to to Minnesota. Um, I mean, an athletic guard, uh, a guy that can can do it on both ends, um, going to a Minnesota team that that hopefully um, they they fulfill their roles with D'Angelo Russell and and Cat. Uh, uh, you got three young guys there that that you can build around. If you put the proper pieces around those three, you, you're going to have something special. So uh, I, I did like that first round. Uh, and that second round also had, like you said, really good value in it, uh, some good players in it. Uh, my Pacers getting cast to Stanley, I was super Huge. excited about that. Such that was such a, 
such a good value out of that pick. I was super excited that he actually felt us because I did think he was going to go a little bit before that. But for us to pick him up and get him uh, at that pick, I was super excited uh, yeah. about that. I had New um, Orleans taking him at 45. So Yeah. Yeah, so I, I was I was really happy that he kind of felt us there, um, and and I think he'll he'll pay dividends for us. Uh, I mean, I know that we're losing some guards in free agency, but I, I think he's in a spot where uh, he will not have to be due as much in the beginning, um, but he will be able to learn and grow and do things uh, to to help us in the long run. So I, I really love that pick. Uh, Joshua Dallas Farellis, uh, your yes. thoughts on on the draft uh, last night? So I, I, I thought um, kind of along the same lines as you. Two teams that I was following for some random reason. Uh, well, there was three really. It was Philly, Dallas, and Charlotte. And um, let me first start with Dallas because when we were last all together, you know, we were talking about the finals, but like I was watching Luca in the bubble and like all I could see was potential like face of the league at that point. You know, he's going to be a guy that's going to win multiple MVPs. You know, he may be the one that takes the torch from LeBron for the next 10 years and runs with it. And I know there's a lot of talented guys, but I thought that Dallas um, did a really good job of putting guys around Luca to let Luca do what he needs to do. Totally agree. Um, so if you look, if you look at like um, the fact that they drafted um, Terry, you know, um, a guy shoot. He, he's he's a shooter, and they got rid of Seth Curry, um, which was why I was following Philly because I'm like, what is Philly trying to do here? Remember we were talking. I was like, is Philly trying to open up money space to be able to sign James Harden? because they were moving guys and, and, you know, they moved um, Horford and um, they freed up money. And then they brought, they brought all these shooters in the Philly. I was like, what is going on? Like Philly's Danny green and Seth Curry. I mean, you're really mm -hmm. trying to make it to where, you know, you can run that offense and now kick it out to guys that can knock down shots consistently. And um, Maxi. Yes. Yep. And Maxi. So um, I was really good with them picking um, uh, Tyrell Terry and Josh Green, uh, for that matter. Um, and I, I feel like those players complimented him very well. Um, in Charlotte, uh, I was looking at, of course, I'm not uh, – I'm, I'm sold on the mellow ball, as crazy as it sounds. Um, the guy went over and played professionally. Um, you know, obviously he needs to get more consistent with his shooting. But a kid that young, at 6'7", that's a playmaker, that – um, can pass and can rebound. Obviously, he needs to learn how to play defense at some point because that's always going to be the knock on him, even in high school. It's like he used to light the scoreboard up, but then he would never get back and play defense. Um, you know, they draft him, and the not to say that Michael Jordan's ever had a oh, great no, it's, it's, it's a part of it. It's a part of it. <laughs> it absolutely is a part of it. <laughs> He's never had a great track record at drafting, but I would like to think that this is the, the, the draft pick that he gets that, you know, is a franchise player from here on. Now, if he doesn't have to deal with his dad, um, you know, here and, here and there, I think it'll be okay. And then um, who was it that he took with their second pick? Uh, got Nick Richards. Nick Richards was the other one. Okay. Um, I already thought Charlotte had some good pieces. Now, obviously, they have – Vernon Carey, that's who I was thinking of. He took Vernon yeah. Carey, who I think has a lot of potential. Um, you know, big, tall guy, long wingspan, um, very athletic. Uh, he's a guy, too, that I think that if they can develop these players into, um, you know, being as young as they are, getting them to buy in. It might take Michael Jordan into that uh, next level of being an owner because, like I said, up to this point, you and I are both Michael Jordan fans he's I, I can't even remember other than Kimba <laughs> where I've ever felt that there was a guy that was drafted that was actually worth something in the draft class I mean he, I mean even think about it, he, taking some of those other guys like I just go back to the Morrison pick and the, and the Kwame Brown and and I'm just like Juan what Dixon one yeah what were Juan they thinking Dixon. man what were they thinking my lord but yeah those those were the three teams I was following 
Um, I thought Philly did a great job of, of, of fixing all of the holes that they had. And I really think Philly is the best team in the East coming into the season minus Brooklyn. Whoa. Ooh, okay. Throwing them out early, huh? You oh, yeah. Throwing them out early. I, I don't think – I think Trader goes great. I think Brooklyn automatically – from what I've been hearing about how KD's progressing and, like, what he's doing on the court right now, and it's from everybody. The, I mean, they said he's pretty much almost back to 100% of what he used to do. And I mean, we all know he's a sniper. So yeah. I feel like what I feel like what Brooklyn had last year, and then you add these two guys onto the team, it's almost a lock for not a lock, but it's definitely there for them to, for the running to take it to go. Yeah, okay. I get that. Uh, I, I understand real, that. Real quick, I also want to make mention the fact that people like just ruin Cole Anthony's draft stock are going to pay. Those lottery teams, when they see him in Orlando, like there was a reason that going into this year, before the injuries, before like the bad North Carolina team, that he was projected to go in the top five. Like he's a good player. He's going to be good there. And I think that like him and Markel Fultz is like my college basketball team's dream backcourt. So I'm excited to see what he can do in Orlando. I, I, you know what? I was thinking that same thing. Um, a, a, a guy that was so highly touted before he got to North Carolina. Um, and it's almost like, uh, it's almost like they, they forgot how good he was, um, and, and you know, how well he was, you know, facilitated, uh, the offense and how well he did things before his injury. Um, and then for him to slide to 15, um, I, I do feel like he's going to play with an edge and a chip. Um, uh, and I, and I do think that pedigree has something to do with that as well. Um, you know, I, I think that he's going to take pride in what he's doing like anybody else. And, and, you know, most guys who feel slighted are going to come into a season, uh, ready to, you know, be able to defend what they feel like is their slight. So, um, I think he's in a great spot to have success in Orlando. And like you said, Tim, him and Markel Fultz. Uh, that that's gonna be pretty cool stuff. That's gonna be pretty cool stuff. It yeah, will be. For it. Yeah, so I've been reading. I've been reading a lot of places that that um, and we can move on after this. That a lot of people think that Sacramento got the steal of the draft. Halberton. Yeah, taking Halberton at twelve. Oh yeah. But if if that's the case, right? When you draft him, is are you are you? potentially looking at moving your point guard that you have already, or are you going to My, run? my guess is that they might try to play the whole, like, Penny Hardaway, Jason Kidd kind of thing in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. That's my guess. Um, because I don't think they want to get rid of De'Aaron Fox by any means. I think they kind of still view him as kind of their franchise player, especially because they paid Buddy all that money and Buddy's coming off the bench now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? <laughs> yeah. Remember when the season started last year, that's like one of the first things we talked about was Buddy getting that bag. Yeah. Yep. Not to mention, like, they thought they traded Bogdan Bogdanovich, and it turns out they didn't, and now they're under investigation. So, you know, things seem to be fine in Sacramento, but they had a good draft. I mean, getting Halliburton where they did was huge. Yeah, I mean, it, I don't know what happened with the Bogdanovich trade. Um, Such a king's but, move. Right? <laughs> That's something Vladi did. <laughs> you got Vladi you know and what? Luke Walton in charge. You're just, yeah. Something bound to go down, you know what I mean? I'm going to reach out to my boy Richard Ivanovsky and see what's going on out there because <laughs> – you know that that's 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 something the Kings would do. You know what I mean? You, you mess up a trade and how you trade? You know, how, you, how you trade somebody in a side and trade uh, that that you didn't even sign yet? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're yeah, like, oh, just... oh, we forgot the first part of the sign and trade. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, forgot all about it. My bad. <laughs> I will. I will uh, say this. I, I, I think Milwaukee, um, if if all those if everything went through, I mean, you're potentially looking at them having probably one of the top three starting five in all of NBA with that lineup. I mean, it was pretty 
legit. I don't know how it would work itself out if if they do get the, to be able to get the trade to go through and they do get it fixed or maybe they don't. But I like that starting five that they had with Bogdanovich over there and um, Drew. Drew, yeah, Holiday. Yeah. You know who doesn't like the Bucks? It's RJ Hampton's dad. Really? <laughs> that was. The, yeah, I was going to say that was that was kind of crazy to watch him. The highlight of the draft. That, chuck that hat across the. Frame. <laughs> it was awesome. I must have missed that last night. What? So the Bucks took RJ Hampton. They traded the pick to the Nuggets, and when they announced it. Like you see, like because you know, everyone had the hats for like all thirty teams. His dad has a Bucks hat in his hand, and he see like you see him on TV, literally throw it behind the couch, oh, like chucked it, <laughs> chucked it. Shout out like to the quality television. Shout out to the Bucks for taking my boy Jordan Nora. Appreciate that. Yeah. Oh yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. So um, the other, the other big news. Uh, the unfortunate elephant in the room uh, is is that Clay Thompson uh, has torn his eight Achilles uh, and will miss another season. Um, I, I know that we had all been texting each other in the group chat, um, and myself and Tim had talked about this before, and we had just hit on it just a second ago. Uh, I just want to get your all thoughts on on that news and how it made you feel. Cause I, I told Tim before we got on, I, we had talked about this. It was literally like, I got punched in the gut. Like, I don't even know Clay Thompson. Like I, you know, I don't have any connection to him. The Golden State's not my team. Um, but to see a guy, you know, that you respect that much uh, and, and, you, and everybody, I don't care if you love the Golden State Warriors or not. Like I was looking so forward to seeing him and Steph and Draymond and all those guys. Yeah. yeah, see those guys back together and let's and let them get a true run at that at that uh Anthony Davis LeBron James Lakers. Get a true run at them. You know what I mean with with their full power and see how see how those games go. Um and then to hear that news about Clay like it just sucked the sucked the air kind of out of everything. Um just to get your all uh, just your thoughts on on what Golden State? Now we we did see that they made a move. They they did trade for Kelly Oubre um, tonight. But uh, just to get your thoughts on on Clay Thompson and, and the injury and how Golden State moves forward. You can go ahead, Josh. Um. Well, you guys already know how I feel. Um, I'm a big KD fan, and I was actually um, a little salty when KD left Golden State just because, like. I just liked watching pure basketball. Like none of those guys complained about getting shots or like, they just, they just worked well together. And even before KD got there, um, you know, they, they started something out in golden state that we'd probably never seen in basketball before. And those guys run an offense. Like, I mean, like something that, that, that comes out of like a video game and it's, it's just fun to watch and it's fundamentally sound and, you know, they moved the ball so great. You know, they got players that fit their system. And Clay Thompson was like the guy that I felt like kind of made all that work. I know Curry's the the main man, but like when 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 things got tough in games, it was like Clay was the one that used to dig them out of stuff. I mean, I used to watch this guy run around. He don't dribble, like he just shoots and he's cash money. And you know, those big games, you go back into the playoffs, you know, Golden State's down and, you know, big game Clay's game six. And you saw it in the finals before he got hurt, game six against the Raptors. I mean, he pulls these big games out of nowhere. And, you know, I've always said that I felt like he was the best technical jump shooter I'd ever seen play basketball. Not he's the best shooter ever, just the best technical. Like when you can tell, like when he's in form and rhythm, like it's it's money every time. He, he always guarded the team's best, of, you know, offensive player most of the time. He was a two-way guy. You never saw him complain. All he did was worked, and he played his role perfect for that team. And we were all excited to watch him come back because we, we saw that's what Golden State was missing. I actually thought they'd be okay without KD. They were missing Klay Thompson. And 
from what everybody was saying is like, he looked good. He was ready to go, you know, and then he's out here playing pickup games and then you find out, you know, nobody wanted to say what it was, but I'm pretty sure that they all knew what exactly happened when it happened. And they just threw it out there as lower leg injury. And we all kind of knew right away that, you know, we were hearing from sources that inside sources that were like, he tore his Achilles. And I'm like, man, because a lot of guys don't come back from that, man. They're not the same. And especially right after having a major injury itself, but I have a lot of, I have a lot of um, praise for clay. I love him as a basketball player. I love the fact that he goes to work every day and gives 110%, no questions asked. He's a lifer. He, he said from day one, he wanted to play his whole career in golden state and he didn't want to leave. And he made that known straight up front. And he wanted to be loyal to that team from the, from day one. And Ben, I don't know him either, but I actually do have some things in common with him. You know, we're both light skinned. You know, <laughs> both got oh, light skin. Oh, light, oh, light skin gang got to keep together. I thought <laughs> we both got good hair. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, if I wouldn't have, you know, if I wouldn't have retired early, I would have been the other splash brother out this month. Right, you know what I mean? No <laughs> but, uh, doubt about it. But yeah, I, I, that's how I feel, man. Like Clay's like that. He's like that secret, you know, unspoken hero, man. That like you just you see it and you and you just know that like you can't do it without him. And he he doesn't need the praise and the recognition. He just wants to go out there. He loves the game and he wants to win. He wants to have fun. And that's that's what I'm gonna miss, man. And like I said, we were all waiting. Like we were waiting. I was like, Golden State's going to come back with a vengeance this year. And one guy, and like I said, I felt like he was the actual glue of the team. Yeah, I'll basically just like echo what you said. We don't have to go too deep into it because Josh made a lot of great points. Um, mm-hmm. You know, my first thought when Chris Paul got traded to Phoenix was, man, the Pacific Division is going to be a mother. It is mm-hmm. going to be impossible to play those teams uh, between the Lakers mm-hmm. and the Clippers and the Warriors and the Suns. And like, you know, I still feel that way. Um, because I still think the Warriors are good, obviously. You know, they still have Steph Curry. They still have Andrew Wiggins. Eric Pascal, who had a really good rookie year. Seeing how, he, you know, when he has the ball less now, how he's going to, like, kind of well in. But he's a Villanova kid. He knows how to play basketball. He's not – he's never going to shy away from anything. Um, you know, like we said, James Wiseman's there now. Draymond Green's back. So, I still think the Warriors are a playoff team. But in this circumstance, I thought you, you could tell me that Healthy Steph, healthy, healthy Clay, healthy Draymond, bringing in James Wiseman, having Andrew Wiggins, who I know is like the world of just different opinions. It's like that might be the three seed in the West. Like they, mm-hmm. if, I'm the, if I'm the Clippers, I don't want to see them in the conference semifinals. I got to play the Lakers. Like I don't want that. So now, you know, it obviously changes some things. It changes like Josh said, like he's the glue. He's the guy. He, the offense may not always run through him, but you always have to prepare for him. You can't double team anyone on that team because if you look Clay Thompson alone, catch and shoot, the best catch and shoot player I've ever seen, splash, ball game. You go, okay, we'll double team him. As we know, Steph Curry's sitting there by himself on the perimeter, splash. So it's just, you know, it changes a little bit of that dynamic. But, you know, for the most part, minus him, they have a healthy roster. Um, their bench definitely got better um, over the draft. Getting guys, like I said, like Nico Mannion is like really a really good fit for them. Um, so, I still expect the Warriors will be a competitive NBA team this year. I still think they're going to be a playoff team. Um, they're still a team I probably don't want to play in the first or second round. But, yeah, it's just, you know, it's it's different for sure. And, then like, it definitely is a step back from what we were hoping we were going to see this year. You know, we're all basketball historians, I would like to think. You know, we like to go back. I mean, you can see with us playing with the, the Lakers uh, 2K draft and all that. That's the best backcourt I've ever seen in basketball, hands down. I mean, it's not even close. Like, you couldn't even tell me two other guys that have been that cohesive. And like I said, when you take a guy that can put up 37 and a quarter, he can score 60 points in like 26 minutes. With four dribbles. Four dribbles. I mean, <laughs> that is insane. That is absolutely – that's 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 like the dumbest stat I've ever heard in my life. 60 and then he gets back and does on the other end. He's then like, he goes back and plays right. defense. And then, you say, then he's your best defender. I don't understand how that guy's never made a first-team all-defense. I really yeah. don't. I really don't. I think he gets overshadowed by Golden State's flashy offense, and it, 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 it sucks sometimes. But uh, I don't know, man. I, I, I was ready. I don't know. Does Golden State call the band back together? Do they go get Marvin? Um, and they go get uh, 
Iguodala and they go get Livingston to come back. They go get West and, and the boys and they try to make a run at it with the old squad and see if it works. <laughs> or, because I've always said they can have everybody on the floor, but like I said, with no clay, it's no no dice. Yeah, I do yeah. like them getting Kelly Oubre. I don't, you know, obviously he's not going to go in for what Clay does on the offensive side, but he is a really long defender. Um, he's probably hoping that they don't do a graphic with his picture on their Twitter account because the Suns had him advertised in New Jersey. He gets traded. Oklahoma City the other day literally has a welcome to OKC Kelly Oubre like Photoshop Thunder jersey. They trade him today, so it's like. Yeah. Like, Look, guys, just I'm happy to be here. Just don't put me on anything. I'm good. Right. I'm glad I'm here. But um, I really liked him getting Ubre for that sake of just like kind of that defensive side. It's going to make things easier yeah. on Steph. Um, yep. And obviously, it's going to like, you know, it kind of all depends on how everything else rolls out. But I told you guys in a text, man, I, I really think Ubre can average 20 a game. Oh, he's nice. Yeah. He's definitely. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't doubt that at all. I, I, I do think that, um, and it, and we had talked about this before, but this is this is why I, I feel like the Golden State front office is two steps ahead of everybody else. You know what I mean? So Clay goes down yesterday, and then you make a move to to trade for a Kelly Oubre, who is going to give you a you know going to give you defense, and he also can score the basketball. It's not like he's out there you know not right. being able to shoot or or play. The guy has the ability offensively to be able to do some things, you know. And Tim, you bring up a great point. Defensively, he is still going to take pressure off of Steph. He's going to be able to help Clay, or he's going to be able to help Draymond. And on top of that, you're adding Wiseman. So you still have those pieces in place. Um, it sucks that you lost Clay, yeah, but but they're so smart about who they pick up and when they make moves and what they do um, that the Ubre pickup will pay, will pay dividends still. So um, it sucks. It's definitely sucks. That Clay is There's an unsung, there's an unsung guy on that team. I, mean, I don't know what role he'll play this year and if he's even going to be healthy or not, but like people forget like how good their offense was on the floor when they had Kavana Looney out there too. And like I said, he, he had, I don't know what was going on with him last year. They said he had like some, some heart problems or he was having some type of chest issues and um, he didn't play much. I won't say he only played like 20 games, like if that. And, uh, but like they showed like the plus minuses with him on the floor with that golden state squad. And it was like through the roof when he was out there and he's young, he's only like 23, 24 years old. So like they got a lot of bench if they decide to move Wiseman into the starting lineup and they're bringing Looney off the bench and, you know, like you said, guys like Pascal, and they, they had a lot of guys that got to play last year and get some exposure due to the fact that everybody was hurt. So, I mean, Gold State. There's, and- also, there's also some talk they're interested in bringing in Dwight Howard. Mm. Really? Mm. Oh, Lord, that could mm. be scary, too. <laughs> Why is it in Howard underneath scary. the room? Yeah, that's that's the. <laughs> I mean, they made, but they, but they made Javel, they made Javel McGee look like an all-star. So, I mean, except for the one time he got blocked by the rim in Game One of the 2018 Finals. <laughs> oh, uh, my boy Javel, good old, still love. Good old Javel, absolutely. Uh, so we we already touched on the other uh, free agency news. Um, the one, the other one that stuck out to me was the Gordon Hayward. Uh, opting out of a $34 million contract with the Boston Celtics to make him an unrestricted free agent. Um, he averaged 17 and six, which I was kind of shocked to see uh, in 52 games last season. Um, Tim, what, what's your thoughts on like, like $34 million is a lot of money for a guy that only played, you know, that that's, been oft injured with the Celtics uh, and to me really hasn't truly hit his potential. Now, granted he was injured the year, the first year that he was there, but even last year he looked, you know, he wasn't to Gordon Hayward, a Utah self. So does he have something else in the works? Like what, I mean, what, what in the world would you make you turn down $34 million? Well, I think the biggest thing is like, he's going to have a market. Um, Look, thirty-four million is hard to walk away from from anybody, um, but 
you know, if you think about it now, I mean, Andre Drummond opted back in. DeMar DeRozan mm-hmm. opted back in. It's already a weak free agency class. So right now, like, you're probably looking at the free agency class. You're looking at Fred Van Vliet and Gordon Hayward. And um, Gordon so, Hayward, yeah. Yeah, there's going to be a market. Um, there's been a lot of discussions that the Hawks really like him. They want to put him there to go with, like, those younger guys, those scorers that they have. Uh, there's also talks that the Knicks want to bring him in um, to like, bring this young upstart team. They're trying to get to score some buckets. But I think he's going to have some people who are going to have, to have interest in bringing him in. Um, obviously, we know he's, you know, like you said, Ben, he has the capability to be a sniper. Um, he mm-hmm. has the capability to come in and just, like, drop 12, be a microwave. Uh, he had to play so many different roles with the Celtics that he you knows hard to find his niche. It wasn't his fault. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown just developed as quickly as they did for that team. Yeah. Um, so I don't know, man. I think. Uh, Do you think that's part of it? Do you think that he yes. saw a diminished role yes. with the Celtics because of Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum? So he was like, absolutely. I'm just going to, I'm going to walk away and find something better. Yeah. Because like, you know, Jalen Brown played the two on that team. And Gordon mm-hmm. was playing the three, and JC was playing the four, which positions aren't anything. I get that. But, like, this right. is a situation like, like the Clippers had Paul George playing the two this year. Like, it's different mm-hmm. than that. Um, so, I think for him, it, you know, he kind of always kind of like thought when he came in, he was going to come and be the wing. It was going to be him and Kyrie, and they're going to help these young dudes and they're going to develop a championship team. And, like, that hasn't happened. So, would I do I think he'd be great in New York with Julius Randle, with Obi Toppin, with RJ Barrett? Yeah, I think it would be mm-hmm. really fun. I think that having Tibbs there would really help them out a lot, especially defensively. And he'd probably, hopefully, he'll know he can't play Gordon Hayward 45 minutes. Uh, right. But I think- <laughs> it is Tibbs, though, man. Come on. Man, I'm going yeah. to put my drink out. <laughs> I was like, hold on. <laughs> y'all, y'all have had this. You guys are Bulls guys. You guys have had the Tibbs experience. You know what you're getting. Hey. You know what I mean? I'm surprised Jimmy. I'm surprised Jimmy Butler still got legs out this mug. <laughs> we were joking about today, and the uh, Sean and I were because I guess like because uh, they cut Tosh Gibson today. Yes, they like, did. Tiz probably walked in. He's like, "Nah, man, twice is enough. You're free." <laughs> <laughs> oh. So, a Tosh Gibson cut though could be a big reason. Uh, yeah, they're like, there's no power forwards on the market we want. Let's bring in Gordon Hayward. Yeah. Hey, can we yep. can we go back to um to Charlotte for a second? Because yeah. uh, I was thinking about this today um, earlier, and as I go back and think about this guy, I can really only think of like one time ever that I thought this guy was even decent, and I noticed that uh, Nicholas Batum. <laughs> Opted into his $27 million contract that he's going to get paid this year, which I feel is like one of the biggest scams in like the history of the NBA. And I'm like, who in the world? And then I'm like, it had to be Jordan (laughs) that ended up giving the okay to make that deal. And I'm like, I love that guy as a player, uh, Michael Jordan, not Nicholas. (laughs) What made him think that was a good sign? Because like it's I like, said, uh, you remember when the Buffalo Bills gave Ryan Fitzpatrick that huge contract? And everyone was like, "That that Ryan Fitzpatrick, right?" Nicholas Batum is Ryan Fitzpatrick. He is with but better hair. At least Fitzpatrick's still out there making plays, man. Award. <laughs> like you, eat, like you can, you have to eat that money regardless. Like there's nothing you can do about it, unless he opted out. I mean. Which who's gonna opt out of twenty seven million when you know you're gonna get like the league vet minimum when you go somewhere else? So that's why I, when I the reason I brought that up is because that's why I look at somebody think about it like you just talked about Hayward, you know, turning down thirty four million, and then you got Harden out in Houston who turned down over fifty million a year because he wants to get traded, and like that's a hard market. It's a hard market to sell to get James Harden traded. I mean, because the amount that you're going to have to give up to get him on a team is going to be astronomical. Not to mention Westbrook. Yeah, then Westbrook as well. Oh, yeah. And, and, and on top of that, you just traded Robert Covington to the Trailblazers uh, for, you know, for Trevor Ariza and, some, and a first-round pick. And you traded Trevor Ariza. Uh, and you got rid of Trevor, yeah. And then you traded Trevor Reza. So, 
I, I'm not really sure what the Rockets are doing. I, I you know, I know they came out. They said they're not going to be bully. They're not going to be this, that, or the other. But um, it, it, it it's got to be time to cut ties with those guys. Like, like I, I don't. I mean, I, I know James Harden is a great player. I get it. Um, but after a while, like you're not making any headway. You're not getting any closer to a championship with him. So when do you decide to cut ties? Well, get some value, get some draft picks, and then just go about and rebuilding I'm, your Rockets roster. I'm glad you brought that up, Ben, because um, you know Harden scoring at a pace right now that we've like never seen in the NBA. You know, back to back back years that he's putting up. You know, was last year and this year he averaged over 35. I don't know the year before it was close to that, and. You know, we saw two other guys that could score at high volume like that, and that was Kobe and Jordan. But those two guys learned how to win by scoring at that volume, and Harden hasn't learned how to do that yet. And he's had some clutch moments in the regular season. You know, <laughs> we get to the playoffs. He had his he had his little he had his little moment this year in the bubble where he got the block to win the game. <laughs> Shot terrible but, the whole game. But yeah, but then you know, you saw what happened like when he went up against the Lakers, like it was just it wasn't even a thing. Like that was just like see it. KCP so, locked him up. KCP. I is is there a market for Harden or is he stuck there? Um here's what I've learned in the NBA the past couple of years. The superstar always wins. The superstar always, yep. And yep. Chris Paul. I, he wanted to go to Phoenix. He told them that was one of his his preferred destinations. Yeah, I'm going all the way back to when he wanted to go to the Lakers and he couldn't go. You know, they like. Oh, uh, yeah. When they blocked well, that. Well, that was David Stern. Yeah. David Stern was like, this basketball reasons, which is always, always dumb. Um, there's a market for Harden. I mean, you know, if this Brooklyn thing wants to, ha- if they, if he wants it to happen this bad, they'll make it happen. I think we all, I think we all said if, if, if Brooklyn makes that deal, that's like the craziest thing I've ever seen to make that deal to get James Harden. They're going to be in the big three playing with Ice Cube out this mug because that's all they're going to have on the roster at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I heard uh, I heard they offered Penny Hardaway a one-year deal. And I heard all right. You know what I mean? They're going to the... <laughs> <laughs> to start yeah, – they're going to dig dig deep to fill that roster if you sign James Harden. I know we're all over the place right now, but that's what NBA trades do. So I kind of make this is kind of like the perfect moment for us to be just jumping back and forth on trades and, and hypotheses and theories. And because the NBA, like you said, Kelly Uber just got traded twice in like three days. <laughs> right. Danny Green. Danny Green got traded. Danny twice Green got today. traded twice to the yep. He sure did. So it, Danny, it's, hey, Danny Green, Danny Green's got that worth, man. Yeah. I remember when, when you sent that trade over, Ben, I was like, what in the world? Yeah, I don't get I don't get giving up draft picks for Danny Green. Like, like is it can he can he that be was, effective? Yes. But like like that just that seemed was, like a whole lot for Danny Green. That was all about getting off that Al Horford salary. Hey, if you guys take Horford salary, we'll give you some picks. Yeah. Give us Danny Green on a, on a contract. That's why I said it. They, I, I told you they freed up like 15, like 15, 16 million dollars. And that's why I was like, are they going to try to make a run at Harden? Yep. Daryl Moore's in charge, man. Yeah. Yep. It, that's crazy to me, though. Um, so, yeah. So, just looking at some of these, you know, I it, it'll be interesting to see where some, like, I'm really interested to see where like a Fred Van Vliet uh, ends up at. Um, we've talked about you think you'll be a Nick? Really? What hold on? You uh you are the insider. You're our woes. You're our woes. Timmy Woes. Timmy Woes. Tim Woes, Tim Woj, how you you tell us why you think he's gonna be a Nick. I I wanna I wanna hear your gut feeling. They got a lot of money now. Now Taj Gibson's out. Now they waved all these guys. You know, they've got R.J. Barrett on a rookie contract. They've got Obi Toppin on a rookie contract. Emmanuel Quickly on his rookie deal. They're, they want to make something happen. Um, and I think Fred Van Fleet being the guy, you know, as much as New York is, you know, about New York basketball is a thing, it's not the best basketball in the world. Shout out, shout out right. Chicago. Um, but okay, okay. 
Fred Van Vliet is going to get people to go back in the garden. And we've talked about this whole episode. The Knicks are all about right now building a fun, entertaining basketball team. We're going to score points. We're going to be electric. We're going to be a lot of fun. And they're going to pull some surprises. So I think that they are circling in on getting Fred Van Vliet. And Fred Van Vliet wants to get paid. Yeah, he does. He wants to secure the bag, no doubt. So then if, if, if it's about electric, who's more electric than Russell Westbrook? Like, why wouldn't you try to go get, like, a Westbrook? Okay. Cool. Yeah, Tim. That's a good point. I totally I, I'm just, I, a great point. Yeah, I'm just – I mean, because, I, I mean, I love Van Vliet. I, I, think he's, I think he's great. I think he would be great with the Knicks. I do. Um, but we're talking about the, the Knicks franchise. Like, like, they want excitement. They got young talent. They got money. Who, who would bring more excitement than Russell Westbrook? Like. He that guy is he oozes machismo as we say, um, mm-hmm. like what, like why wouldn't you go out and get a guy like that? So that's a good point. I honestly did not think about that. So, <laughs> well done, man. you got. No, me. I'm just, I'm just. No, I mean that's a great point because I know like, like the team I've kept hearing linked to Westbrook is Charlotte. I've heard Charlotte, Charlotte, Charlotte a million times, but now I'm like, why wouldn't the Knicks do that? But granted, they probably don't want to give up R.J. Barrett and Mitchell Robinson. They probably want to, like, you know, Tibbs is probably like, guys, like, no, no, we're not going down this road again. So, plus, like, Worldwide West is in charge there now, and Leon Rose is there now. Yeah, uh, you're right. That That's a good point. And, and, and Tibbs would, I, I mean, I don't know if the Tibbs-Westbrook fit would be good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if you think about it, you know what I mean. A guy you that must watch is he is he that much different than it Jimmy would, Butler though? Is he that much different than Jimmy Butler? I, I think he is, but here here's why I think he's different than Jimmy Butler. Uh, uh, Jimmy Butler will do whatever. To me, I feel like he will do whatever he needs to do in order for the team to be successful. I feel like Russell Westbrook will do whatever he needs to do in order for him to be successful, not measuring the team's success. So if I can average a triple-double, I'm being successful, but the team may be a six or seven seed, and we are not going to win a championship. Not saying that he doesn't. Not not saying that he doesn't want to be a champion. I'm not saying that, but it's it's gotta be it's gotta be personal. You know what I mean? Like I think Jimmy Butler takes it personal on both ends, and I think you've got to get guys to buy in, and that's right. where Jimmy Butler's leadership is different than Russell Westbrook. And, and, and we I don't think Russell Westbrook will get a whole bunch of guys to follow him into a trench and say. Let's go to battle. I'm going to give everything I've got. If you give everything you got, I'm going to give everything I got defensively. If you give me everything, like Jimmy Butler has that mentality. And I think that's why the Heat had that much success. I'm about to say, I don't we just think, watched it. We just watched right, it. Right. And I don't think, I don't think if you put Russell Westbrook on that Heat team, they don't have nearly the success no as way. they did with Jimmy Butler. Totally. You know what I mean? So, so. Real quick, I'm going to go back to OKC when OKC had KD, Harden, and Westbrook on the team together. All mm-hmm. right. We all obviously saw that there was three potential, like, ultra superstars in the making. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I thought that they used the talent wisely in OKC, which they got them to a finals, you know, bringing Harden off the bench to run with that second squad. And he got his shots off and whatnot. But when you when you look at it, They've all been on some pretty stacked teams, especially Houston. I felt like was built the way they wanted to be built to go win a championship. And through the season, Houston looked like going into the playoffs, like they were going to be a team that was going to, you know, do some damage. Obviously, the Lakers' size got into them, but when KD went to Golden State, and we already know that the deck was stacked, and it was that was we just knew if they were going to be healthy, they were in the finals just because they had that much firepower. Mm-hmm. The difference I see between Harden and KD and Westbrook is that in the finals, like when there were big shots that was neat, like KD was the one that just said, give me the ball. Let me take the shots and, and hit them. 
And it wasn't like, it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to shoot it. And if I miss it, oh, well, he was like hitting daggers everywhere on the floor. I mean, to watch a guy shoot the way he did and granted, you know, people can be like, oh, LeBron had the same shooting percent, but like KD was just pulling up from wherever he wanted to, man. He was driving to the bucket and yoking on folks. He was hitting turnarounds and getting to his spots and he was playing defense and he wanted to show the world that like, even on this team, like I can be the man when I want to. I also know mm-hmm. how to play basketball and win. I think Harden and Westbrook have the mentality of we can play our game, but at the same time, I don't know if our game can complement and play with everybody else and win at the same time. Where KD's like, I can take a back seat and then step in when I need to and then take a back seat. That's why I always joke with you guys. KD could put up 40 on 10 shots, man, because he's just that nasty. And his mindset's different. Like, I mean, the faces he was making when he was hitting shots, I mean, he was like, y'all know I'm the best player on the floor right now. There's nothing you can do about it. It was and, fun. And that's the difference. Yeah. Plus, Harden's just the ultimate ball stopper. Like, he is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I'm with you. I, I totally agree. Awesome. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I definitely agree with that. Um, But, yeah, I, I, I just think that I, – I think that – for Russell Westbrook, you know, a guy that, that takes that many shots and that many bad shots, it's difficult for you to be able to lead young guys. Uh, so, you know, I don't think that he would have a whole lot of success there. Um, but it, it would be, um, you know, I definitely think that Van Fleet may be the, the better choice because of his leadership style. Um, and I think Westbrook would struggle because Westbrook, it's, it's, it, nobody wants to follow him and, and he doesn't have that kind of leadership mentality. So um, it, it, it's crazy to think about that. And, and you're, you know, you watch a guy like Jimmy Butler do what he did this past year. Uh, in the bubble and and his leadership and the way he was able to lead those young guys. Um, It's just, it's, it's just a different mentality. So um, it's, it's interesting to see how guys operate like that. So uh, well, gentlemen, uh, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, I've had a lot of fun catching up with you guys and and talking free agency and draft. And we have had a, a, had an awesome time, great conversation, kind of went all over the place. But like we said, it's free agency NBA, man. Like it's it's going to be all over. So there's lots of different topics, lots of different things uh, going on and popping off. So uh, we want to thank you guys for joining us. Um, as you can see, we are we go live on Facebook. Uh, you can check us out on there uh, on our socials at 48 Minutes NTWRK on the Twitters and the Instagram. Uh, you also can subscribe to our podcast on all your podcasts. Uh, give me so uh, hit us up. If you get on the Apple, hit us up and give us that five star review. We love them. We need them uh, and we appreciate them. So uh, for the uh, crew here, Tim Daniel from the 48 Minutes crew and the Shot Callers crew, we want to wish you guys a good night. Stay safe. Yes, sir. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Yeah, we'll go.